Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi everybody. Welcome to my first podcast. Um I thought that for my first one, I thought that I should make it as kind of generalized as possible and I thought that probably the best way to start is to do a how to train your horse podcast so um, in this one I want to talk about how I train my horses the overall philosophy that I train by and how that is then put into practice training the horses and coaching my clients so little disclaimer for the beginning um, I don't claim to know everything at all. Um, this is just things that I've picked up on um, over the years and how I train my horses. And it's been learnt from being coached by many amazing trainers that I'm really grateful for. Um, but it does by no means that my way is the right way or the best way. Um, but hopefully there will be um, some things in here that might be helpful for you. So let's get started then. So I want to start with kind of my overall philosophy, which in fancy terms is a combination of pressure release and positive reinforcement. So pressure release works by you essentially pressing the button or applying the aid until you get the reaction that you want. It works the same as kind of your mum when she nags you to clean your room. And then when you do actually clean it, she stops nagging you and it's the same when we train our horses so if you're encouraging a horse to be soft and go round you might move the bit by squeezing and releasing the rein and then as soon as they do soften you go nice and still in your hands this is when kind of the positive reinforcement part comes in and it comes from teaching the horse that something good happens when they do something right For example, you might use a shoulder four to encourage a horse to be softer on the inside rein. And as soon as they do soften, you might give the inside rein by giving the horse a pat. And the horse then understands when I do something right, I get a pat. But more importantly for the horse, they get that release of that inside rein. 
these two factors of pressure release and positive reinforcement all lead to having a horse that understands what he or she has done something right because the pressure has been taken off or they might get a pat or a walk break and then when they've done something wrong so the pressure of the hand might still be there playing them down or the leg might still be there saying go forward for example so the first thing you need to think about then is what your positive reinforcement method is going to be so for a lazy horse a walk break might work amazingly because you'll probably spend a lot of time trying to get them in front of the leg and so then when they do take you forwards a walk break is quite a good idea to kind of say great that's good now you can chill or for a tense horse they might appreciate a pat and a release of the rein because it encourages them to kind of just give and relax and chill totally depends on the horse though and what works for you but the important thing is keeping it really clear in your head what your method is. If it isn't clear in your head, your horse will have absolutely no idea when he's doing something right. And in that case, how do you expect him to learn when he doesn't know whether he's doing something right or wrong? So you now know what to do when your horse has done something right. But then how do you know what is right and what is wrong? So this depends on your goal for the session. I'm not saying that you have to have a milestone in your head before you get on your horse every time you get on your horse. Quite the opposite, actually. I completely discourage my clients from creating goals until they are on their horses and know how the horses are feeling. Horses are living animals with brains. They have good days. They have bad days. And I always talk about riding the horse you have on the day, not the horse you know you have in your stables. It's the difference between sitting on a horse and thinking, I know this horse is at this level and so it needs X, Y and Z to do well. So I'm going to work on X today, Y tomorrow and Z the next day. It's not necessarily an awful idea, but a much better way of doing it would be to go, I know this horse is at this level, but actually I'm going to work on something more basic getting it in front of the leg because he's feeling a bit unreactive or slow today or actually today he's feeling quite fixed on the right side so I'm going to work on that and the talent comes from being able to sit on a horse and think how does this horse feel what are its strengths what are its weaknesses how can I improve it when I was younger they did birds I think it's now called BD youth Um, they did something called the a squad championships and you had to swap horses and say what you thought their strengths and weaknesses were in front of this like massive crowd. And then they did the same at Sheepgate as well, where you had to swap horses and you had 10 minutes before you rode a test. Anyway, it's all about creating that ability to sit on a horse and assess it. And it's something that took me absolutely ages to understand and crack. But now I feel like it was such a pivotal moment where I changed from being just a rider of horses to actually training the horses. So now you can assess a horse's strengths and weaknesses. And once you are able to do that, it's such a massive strength, but it does take time. Once you've got it, the next step is just improving on that as you become more advanced. For example, if you're just starting out, you might have worked on getting your horse in front of your leg, then getting your horse round and then working on your straightness. That's three options in your toolbox that you can pick from. Then as you progress and through lessons and training, you progress and learn more. 
all the way up until let's say you're a Grand Prix rider and you sit on your Grand Prix horse and then you have the knowledge to work on everything from impulsion in the one-time changes to suppleness in the pirouettes to engagement and connection in the PF. More than likely though, you'll also spend quite a few days still working on that straightness and getting the horse more off the leg, blah, 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 because they're the basics and the basics always need to be really ingrained. But it's all about building those tools in your toolbox that you can think about what weaknesses my horse has and how I'm going to improve on them. And this is what the aim of me kind of creating these podcasts is supposed to be, is firstly to give you a really black and white idea of how to train your horses and then also to give you as many tools in your toolbox that you can try and it's not to say that they're all going to work because they probably all won't work but it might be that one way might be a way that you haven't heard of before and it might create that light bulb moment that fixes it and works so now you know my training philosophy how to tell your horse when they've done something right, how the horse knows when they've not done it right, and you know how to pick what you're training on. The last thing then is knowing when to stop. There are so many reasons that riders don't stop when they should, when they're training. Some think, oh my gosh, yes, finally, I've got it, now I can't lose it. And these riders are always the ones who say, after the free walk in the test, my horse always drops me or they always get behind my leg, and or I've just lost them in some way. And that's why this mentality doesn't work, because at some point you will lose it, like in the free walk, or if you give your horse a walk break or a halt, or any situation. It might be that a bird flies out and you've, you lost the softness and relaxation that you had. So I always tell my clients that you need to be able to start and fail and then start again. And it's the starting that's the hardest part. Getting a horse in front of the leg is far harder than actually keeping a horse in front of the leg. So you need to get good at starting, getting your horse in front of the leg, then give it a walk break. Let it go back to almost the beginning and then try again. And the more times you're able to pick your horse up and get them back to where you want them to be, the better. The second reason why riders don't stop is kind of similar to the first. They think they've got it, so they decide to try everything they've always wanted to try. So let's say your horse goes round after 10 minutes into your training and you think, yes, I finally managed it. These riders then go and try and ride a transition. Absolutely fine. But they then try a shoulder in, then a leg yield, then a half pass, even though they've never done any lateral work with their horse before. This was definitely me when I was younger. I completely understand the logic because you think, now that I've got it, now is the best time to try something new. But the problem is that you've only spent 10 minutes with your horse being round and you've forgotten about the last three, four, five weeks that you spent trying to get him to understand that that's where you wanted him to be in the first place. Now what you've taught your horse is, if you do what I want and what I ask you to do, it's going to get significantly harder. That's the opposite of what we want to be saying to our horses. We should be encouraging them to try, make a mistake, that's fine, but try it. Give it a go, and then when they get it right, they get lots of praise. It's encouraging, it's rewarding, and it makes horses that actually like their work and want to do their job. So when it goes right, by all means sit in it, enjoy it, but then stop. 
give the horse a break, let them understand that what they've done is amazing and great, and then see if you can get it again. Giving them that break gives their body a chance to rest and also means that you're not going to get yourself into a situation where the horse gets tired and is then unable to keep doing what you're asking it to do. The point of dressage is not that you can get your horse to go how you want once, but time and time and time again in different situations with different challenges, doing different movements at different levels. So at the end of every podcast, what I'm going to do is break down my ranting and what I've said so far into kind of five little bite-sized pieces. And then I'm going to give you a task to kind of go away from. Um, And I've decided to do this because I would listen to podcasts and I'd always listen to them when I was out on a walk or in the car. And then it would get to the end and I'd be like, okay, that was great. I feel really motivated, but I can't actually remember what happened. So now you can kind of skip back to the end if you need to and kind of hail a little recap of what we've done and then remember your task that you need to go away and do. So the breakdown for how to train your horse is I train my horses through pressure release and this means that you apply an aid and when they do it right, you release the pressure. This pressure release coupled with that positive reinforcement makes horses happy that they understand when they've done something right and when they've done something wrong. All your training needs to be is very clear, black and white, step by step. Everyone always says, don't walk when you can run. And it's exactly the same thing. If you can't get your horse round in the trot, why are you expecting to get them round in the canter? Start slow and then build up. Number three, then, is to teach yourself. And it takes time. This generally took me years to sit on a horse and think, what are its weaknesses? What could I do to fix this? Number four is to let the horses play. Let them be encouraged to try. They can make a mistake, but try. And you'll end up with a horse that is far happier to work and enjoy his job. Finally then, know when to stop. Know when you've achieved what you wanted to achieve and then finish. So in terms of tasks to go away, what... um. I think it'd be a really good idea is if you um, spent a bit of time thinking about your what your positive reinforcement method is going to be. Uh, it might be that it's going to be a walk break or a pact or anything you can think of, really. And um, secondly, then, to get yourself into a routine of every single time you sit on your horse, thinking through how is it feeling? What are its strengths today? What are its weaknesses? And it might be that its weaknesses were its strengths yesterday. That's totally fine. And it might be that you get on and think, actually, everything feels like a weakness today. And that is totally fine. But it's about getting yourself into the habit of being able to read your horse and think about what its weaknesses are and then come up with how you're going to fix it. So... Another thing I'm going to do at the end of every podcast is to answer a couple of questions. So I put something onto my Instagram stories, um, just kind of asking if anyone had any questions about how to train a horse. And I've got some really good questions and I've picked two. Um, One comes from Georgia and it said, the last few times I've sat on my horse, I've known that it's felt wrong. There's something that isn't right, but I have no idea what it is. 
and I think this is something I picked this one because I feel like we've all had this when we get on a horse and think it's not right I don't know what it is but it isn't right and you try a few things and nothing seems to work and it all just feels a bit rubbish and meh this is the point where I always go to my trainer no rider knows everything yet and it is both the most amazing and most frustrating thing about horse riding that there will always be a movement or a horse or a thing that will stump you and having a good trainer will provide you with that extra tool that you are missing to fix it that you can then put into your toolbox and keep for next time. I always remember going to Gareth Hughes's, who I trained with when I had Nuki. Um, he was my international young rider horse. And he asked how he was going, as he does at the beginning of every session. And I remember going to him and saying, my canterpirates were funny my center lines are stopping straight my half passes who feels like he's leaning on me it's just all gone a bit rubbish and all these problems were literally because my left hand was dropping about two inches lower than my right and he fixed all these problems I think he just said your left hand's too low and we worked on that for about 10 minutes and it was fixed but now, when I have a horse that leans on a certain shoulder, my first thought is automatically, are my hands even? So there is another tool straight in my toolbox. The next question I have comes from Michaela. And she said, my horse is so stubborn and just doesn't do what I ask it to do. We're working on getting him in front of the leg, but he just won't listen. I remember that this was probably the biggest pill to swallow in my whole career so far and again Gareth gave it to me and I went up I think it was with Everest um and I was having a proper teenage tantrum um I think I was still like 2021 20, but having a proper teenage tantrum and saying he's just gone downhill he's behind my leg I can't get him in front of the leg he's not listening to me and Gareth turned around and said well you trained him so either you have trained him wrong and you need to fix that or you're asking him wrong now and that was such a bitter pill to swallow but now every time I ride and get frustrated I stop and think that it always comes down to me as the rider and trainer of this horse. And whatever problem I'm facing, I have in some way created. And I think that's really hard. But the biggest thing I then learned from that was from my mum of just stopping. When it's all going wrong and you get really frustrated, it's just to stop and walk because that fog like descends and it's quite clear that whatever you were doing before wasn't working anyway. So it's not like you're going to mess that up. And by having a walk and a breather, you kind of stop that process in itself. It's kind of, I kind of call it like the horse version of turning itself off and on again. And it might be that when you pick up again, you've got a bit more of a clearer head. The problem might disappear. And it might have just been that that frustration was creating the problem in the first place. Or if the problem's still there, you've got a much clearer head to be able to fix it. A horse is never born behind the leg. That comes from training. And yes, sometimes you might take on a horse where the rider before has allowed him to get behind the leg. But that's not to say that your training can't fix that. 
make sure your horse as well isn't just confused because um sometimes what happens is you press the button or you ask for the aid but your horse doesn't quite understand what he's supposed to do when you press it and this is where your pressure release comes in you keep that aid on until he gives you what you want and then you praise him and I think this happens so much when you're trying to get a horse in front of the leg because it's a really um natural habit for riders to nudge the horse without thinking about it and all that teaches a horse is well sometimes you have a go at me because you nudge me and I don't go forwards but then sometimes you nudge me and you let me just carry on the same and it's all about that consistency of making sure that you're really quiet with your leg until you need it and then when you do need it you go forward and they've got to go forward and they've got to listen and I think I think it was Carl Hester said that if you've got a lazy horse, you've got to ride them with less leg. And if you've got a sharp horse, you've got to ride them with more leg. Because a lazy horse, less leg, when you do put the leg on, it needs to make a big difference. So you make it shorter, quicker, and then you take your leg off again. Whereas with a sharp horse, you've kind of got to desensitise them to your leg. So then you use your leg more to kind of almost numb them a little bit. The last thing I want to say about this then is to make your training sessions fun and teach him that he can just give it a go and just try and it doesn't matter if he makes a mistake that's fine but he's got to try you can work with a horse that tries and gets it wrong that's fine you can do something with that you can't work with a horse that doesn't try in the first place so I really hope that you enjoyed um this podcast if you did um please do um, let me know um, if you have um, come up with a positive reinforcement idea um, let me know if you've had a breakthrough because of this please do message me I'd love to hear about it and if you enjoyed this podcast please do share it tag anyone who you think might benefit more from it and if you have any ideas of um, future topics for podcasts, then please do let me know. You can message me on Instagram at jessicagale underscore rider or on Facebook, it's jessicagale underscore dressage. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.